Report Live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest, a returning guest, Sean McCann. We spoke about 13 days ago about Rosemary's Baby, and we got into about the 35th minute of analysis. And there's so much in this movie. It goes as deep as, like, eyes wide shut. But uh, the gardener decided to ramp up the noise, so I just turned it into a part impromptu part two. So we're going to restart. You can. I would recommend people who have not listened to part one go back and watch it on YouTube or listen to it before we get through this. But I have the time to finish the movie off. But in the interim, I've done some more research. I found some other things maybe Sean didn't see or seen. So we're going to take our time and, and get through everything. But like I said, where we left off at the last point was at the 35-minute mark. So Sean McCann, welcome back to the show. Hi, thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be uh, to be invited back. Thank you kindly. Cool man. Well, I've, I've gotten good um, response from your listeners, and I've gotten a couple emails, and I'm delighted to to read uh, what people will say and think. So Excellent. it's been great cool. for me. Thank you. Awesome. Well, I think this will be like our fourth or fifth show. Is that right? Yeah, we did uh, two shows on Eyes Wide Shut, The Ninth Gate, and this will so this will be the fifth show. So you can go back, people, and go back, audience, if you want to go back and listen to those, please do and. Uh, Sean's just doing a great job going analyzing all this stuff. So Thank let's you. get going. Let's go back to 35. You want right. to send me some new screenshots, right? So Yeah, I got um, some new screenshots with all the notes to make sure. Because last time I was kind of running late. I was, like didn't do all my homework before. You know, I'm, I always had that problem in school too. So, But I'm prepared today. Today we're good. So um, at 35 minutes and uh, 49, I think. Suddenly very hot. Uh, right? Suddenly very hot. Yeah. And um, she's meeting with Hutch and she's describing to Hutch about how um, how a guy got his part all of a sudden. And he's suddenly very, um, you know, he's very popular. He's very, you know, hot in the. Right. He's very hot. Right? Yeah. Because now he's working with the witches. And the witches are clearing the way for him. They made the other gentlemen blind. So with their powers of uh, their mastermind, where they, they put a spell on a person, uh, all the witches in the coven work together and they put them on, under a spell. Um, and we'll see later. Uh, she discovers that in some books. Uh, so uh, this so Hutch here is a classic english intellectual he's got a picture of uh churchill churchill, churchill. sadly but anyway he's, he's got a pipe he looks like R. R. Yeah. J. R. R. tolkien or something yeah yeah he's, he's like got an old style smart guy right. yeah yeah so anyway um moving along uh uh they um so he's all of a sudden very hot and in the next slide we'll see 3718 so this is guy and he's asking oh he's telling he's, he brought a bunch of roses and rose is part of her name rosemary and rose relates to uh venus and it's a it's a highly occult um symbol but in, in any case, Rosicrucians, all that yes, stuff yes, yes, Rosicrucians. Yes. and we'll see later there are roses further in the movie that are 
that are put in. But anyway, so he fills the house with roses and he says to her, let's have a baby. And she's like, oh, what? And now that he's working with with the Cassavettes or Castivettes, uh, now let's let's have this baby. OK, we want it. Now it's time. OK, right. And, it's time um, his 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 career is taking off. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, he's persistently asking. And then in the next one, they uh, they circle on the calendar. The time to start is October 4th and 5th. And uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's the calendar in the background, right? Yeah. And October 4th and 5th. Let's see. Uh, it's not really... It's not on the right. Okay, I had I had look, uh, looked up some satanic holidays. Those aren't listed. But um, further in the movie, she she circles November first and she writes blood on it, and that's All Souls Day. That's the day after Samhain. Well, I guess we'll get to that slide anyway. So um, so he circles on the calendar, and it's October fourth and fifth, nineteen sixty five, when she uh, is inseminated. Okay. Um, so that's Actually, the whole sequel. That's the sequence be, that's coming. It's not 4th and 5th. I think it's uh, 9 and 10. Shit, I'm sorry. Just No, that. no, it's 4th and 5th, right? It's October it, 4th and 5th. is circled oh, in the background. It's three, right. Okay, okay. 4 and 5. All right, okay. So, yeah, I'm just trying to be thorough. That's all. Sorry, guys. It's okay. Uh, so um, she's like, you really mean it, right? And then uh, in the next slide after that one... Uh, there is a uh, 37.49 is, is a good one. We can, we can skip to. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, I didn't even recognize it. Lucifer's Rainbow, right? Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's really subtle. Wow. So, that. yeah, 37.49, when he's putting her in the mood, he has a box of Lucifer's. That's a, Lucifer is a friction match, if you look it up in the dictionary. And if you look at the heads is rainbow colored so that is like the rainbow was a pact between god and noah it's it's like a symbol from other forces you know and also the, the rainbow colors of light like it's like rainbow is like all colors that are con that are combined to make white light um, so it's like a division of white uh like a splitting you know it's anyway. also the colors of the zodiac. zodiac can be broken down into colors too. So you've got the oh, colors right. of the zodiac, and right. also the rainbow bridge to Satan. It's the you take this if there's a book by I can't remember her name offhand, but you take this rainbow bridge to. So that's like they have, right. and Scientology uses the bridge in like you're crossing the bridge in Scientology to clear. It's it's symbolism, and go listen to. Um, George H.W. Bush's famous speech of 1990, he said, we're crossing a beer bridge. So he's, he oh. puts that in there. Is oh, that the same really one with the thousand points of light where he's talking about mm -hmm. the... Uh, so, and the date is September Castle. 11th, 1990. September mm -hmm. It's a very easy date to remember. Right. Because and it was 11, 11 years before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 11 years before 9-11. And right. I don't know, when she's talking to Hutch, I think... Oh, no. 
she this is later on well, she talks to hutch later too when she's not feeling well right that's when right. she says the 11th yeah that's when hutch is invited to their house yeah, yeah so you're going to see the 11th pop up and actually it's actually interesting because i never noticed it in this film but i included it in polanski's the ghost writer when he's writing it the key document that reveals the real character of who was the guide for the prime minister i don't want to give the whole movie away the ghost writer mm -hmm. but it's on the 11th page of this manuscript right because right. the ghost writer if you remember the ghost writer the character of ewan mcgregor comes in after the earlier ghost writer died mysteriously right yes. so he has that manuscript he doesn't know the person but he realizes the manuscript is telling him something and there's 11 there too at the very revelatory thing so polanski yeah. He's he's connected to these power centers. It, like yes. he understands how think, the, the machinations yeah. of it work. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I don't. I think that's. I, I I think you can make that conclusion easily. Yeah. Wow, the Rainbow Bridge. That's amazing. So let's go back. So the next one is thirty nine twenty six, and that's uh. This is her chocolate mousse or whatever. Yeah, she calls it chocolate mouse. So that's important. So many. She said, you know, it's it's even here in quotes, chocolate mouse. And because she pronounces it wrong. And when we first see her come to the house the day after she meets her in the street, Minnie is wearing a big bow in her in her hair, just like Minnie Mouse. So a mouse is something which gets into places where it's not supposed to be. It's very, you know, uh, and in German like a mouse is like a knife or a mauser it has like a bullet is the mouse because you know it gets it invades you you know um so i think that her name being minnie and having her dressed up as minnie when we first meet her in this you know and she's like inspecting the house and looking at everything like very interested so and now that was like when she burrowed in that's like the camel's nose under the tent you know and now she's taking over their whole lives you know um and later in the dream the the fact that it's a mouse rather than moose is very um uh is it's connected and gotcha. the uh if anybody wants to look further into the theory of the minis moose you should check out uh tracy twyman did a uh four or five Part documentary breaking down how Mickey Mouse is uh, related to um, Krampus and oh, well, like yeah. it, like the Stealer of Children, and it's very interesting. And uh, you know, she she relates this part of Rosemary's Baby, her being Minnie, to that whole thesis that she has. It's very interesting. Well, but uh, but it is there. I mean, she does have the bow, and that's why I'm mentioning it here. Uh, so, anyway, moving on. So, but it is interesting. You bring up the control. So Minnie is taking control, and it's the theme that I talked about last time at the intro was that guy is clearly gaslighting and controlling her all the way along. In my opinion, that's the subject. Yes. You don't see it overtly, but yeah. Yes, at one point he even tells her that she was crazy. <laughs> You know? Right, so he's fully gaslighting he's straight her. Straight up, time. telling her she's crazy. Yeah. yeah, so he's the one leading her in, which is something I didn't realize until I went through right. this time. So. so it was his idea to have the baby now, you know, 
he has it circled on the calendar. Was it him who circled it? Was Did the cast of vets come over and tell him, do it on this date so that he's born in June of 66, making it 666? Right. You know, and I, I mean, it's it. really incredible, yeah. And these, those guys love dates. By the way, if you don't right. believe that, uh, it's another Lennon tie. So Lennon and Yoko Ono lived in the Dakota, which we talked about last time. But they, Yoko Ono timed the date of her child, Sean. They delivered it on a, on a very important date to her. Yeah, that figures. Yeah. They, no, they literally, like, we're going to have him this date. So they had the baby delivered at that right. time or whatever. And she is a witch, self-described. So, you know. It's incredible. Uh, it's incredible. And so, like, I, I heard an interview with Ira Levin, uh, and he was describing his sequel to called... Uh, the um, son of Rosemary, Rosemary's son or something, I think, son of Rosemary. And it was the sequel to this. And he said that when he was writing it, he didn't even recognize that the baby was born June of 66. Like, he didn't think about it. It just occurred that way. Yeah, he wanted to write it in the time that he was writing the book. And, you know. um, There's something about the number 666. It's the inversion of the what they call the perfect number right so hmm. i think the perfect there's some kind of perfect number that geometrically increases itself and 666 is the opposite have you ever heard that i've heard that 777 was the the perfection of man and 888 is like godness because it's like an infinity symbol and like the three aspects of consciousness like knowledge uh emotion and will like will like your action um that's why it's three numbers uh and i think it has kabbalistic references to uh there's a lot going on that i'm not as well of <laughs> i'm not as well versed you know what i mean but, uh, yeah. but it just 666 has it has the opposite right. of something which would be right in line with kind of satanic thing thinking which is in right i think it's the like considered the number of man as like in the bible i think they say it's 666 is the number of man and that's like your beast consciousness you know your beast like will your like the will that's that's unhindered by your your um uh cultured manners and stuff uh so like like your beast consciousness you know what's what's underlying your your you know your natural urges and such and 777 would be the perfection of of man where you have controlled those urges you know and and defeated them and now you are a, a magician working you know you can work in time and rhythm of, of the natural forces and you understand how, you know when to do your workings and, and your magic this, what, what not. this is interesting <laughs> sorry to break your thing no you're good the, you're candle, good the candle itself in this scene is ritualistic just having yeah. a candle of her eating and being drugged right so right like and not everybody she, has candlelit dinners every night yeah yeah i'm not sure what the and she's wearing red is. She's wearing red, the scarlet woman. Yes. She's got red hair. Yes, and that's the night that she's going to be inseminated. So, I'm like, she's dressed up with her red, scarlet 
dress. Or he dressed know. her up or somebody dressed her up. Maybe he did. He's in control of her totally. Like he yeah. it's is ruthless and it um it inculcates a fear in the viewing women that they don't want to be controlled by some monster man that's going to do this to them and impregnate them. And I want to have a job. I don't want to have babies. You know, it's like a, it's a subtle programming. Um, Because like, you know, the patriarchal society, the woman is just a, a bird, like a breeder for the man to pass on his name. You know what I mean? That kind of, Bullcrap. Right, so like, this this is all taking place in the context of kind of ERA equal rights or whatever. Um, yes, yeah, in the time of the like sixty eight when it was released or sixty seven sixty eight, um, there was you know the the pill was invented in nineteen sixty, and um, you know, we you know Margaret Sanger was pushing the ideas of abortion like um, the eugenicists were they had eugenists laws in the 30s and um like sterilizing feeble-minded people and that so like this is this is like a compound this is like built on top of that those earlier ideas to try it's more the push of eugenics uh in a in a subtler form uh you know sub to to the subconscious because a, a movie is like a dream you know it's like two and a half hours or one hour and you know, one hour and 45 minutes, something like that. It's or one hour and a half is sometimes usually it, I think the REM cycle is like 45 minutes. So we go through however many REM cycles in a night. And um, so like if a movie is built on that same time length, then your your brain will absorb it like a dream and will remember it differently. Um, so like these these movies are like kind of a shared dream. Everybody has seen this movie. It's popular and they can all talk about it. And so like, there's going to be a lot of, they can sew in a lot of archetypal, like Jungian ideal ideas, you know, um, it's, it's very effective for culture creation. And like, like I was saying earlier, this, this time of like the liberating the feminism was happening, the liberating the woman, um, like, uh, you know, going to get a job and, you know, burning their bras and stuff in the streets. And this was like, um, this is in the mind of the viewer already. So this movie is like pulling the opposite up. of that. Right. So this thing, she's going to yeah. become this, uh, Total reader slave. for Satan. Yeah. yeah. So there's a subtext there for the women watching it. Like, Hey man, yeah. this is what I'm not trying to become. And if they want to so own subtext their... the man's trying to control them and right. slave her. Right. And women own their sexuality, but this pushes it so far that it's like it puts them in fear that they'll lose control of their own sexuality. I mean, they, you know, they don't have to have the pill or they don't have to abort their baby. They can, they can, you know, think like with their cycle, they can understand their cycle and make right right choices and all that. Um, So like that's, that's what morality has been teaching us forever. Like we, but the they're destroying morality with this satanic, you know, zeitgeist of uh, Satanism. That you know they had this whole uh, flower power thing, and and then they had the whole uh, 
murderers in the streets, like everybody's victim, and every and then the drug war and the wasted youth and all of that, like in Vietnam and just everything, yeah. all the assassinations. Yeah, exactly. Sixties was super chaotic. Yes. Well, you think yeah. back today, it's bad. Sixties were yeah charged assassins right. and all kinds of stuff. Going. Yeah, and all of that stuff formed the minds of that baby boomer generation that ended up growing up into the 80s like doing, you know, cocaine on Wall Street and, you know, pushing the money cycle. Like they were totally opposite of what the hippie ideal was. They were like, oh, that's scary. I don't want to be murdered by the Manson family. I'm going to go join the Babylon and like go work for the man. And You know what I mean? And then like the drug the preferred drug of choice was an upper to make them go 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 and like you know more money more money and it's like and coffee and like it's it's just like that whole and then they they you know in their elder years it's become this world like look at it i mean like it's totally satanic and i think it's because their minds have been affected by all this programming all these years you know they over the decades right exactly i mean they look to the tv for the truth you know they they watch movies yeah yeah well put terrifying yeah so like tv uh, is just a hypno programming device man it's it's worse than you think exactly and the the movie theater too i mean you're in a darkened room where all you see is what they give you and it totally fills your vision and all you hear is what they give you. You know, it's like a, it's a magical place where they by your own your volition senses. too. By your yeah, own volition, exactly. I you, want to go. Right? Yeah, you are consenting to it, and you don't even know what they're going to show you yet. You know, like it could be a bunch of murder and stuff, and it's like going into your brain. And, you know, like in any anyway. So like the pregnant women or women that are thinking about pregnancy that are going to the movies and seeing Rosemary's baby, this is going to affect their, their outcome. The, 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 the conclusion that they come to when they, you know, if, if not directly, then subconsciously it, it will have an effect. And that, I think that's one of the reasons why the movie studio pushed this movie so much. And it was such a, you know, and then they connected to all the murders that they're pushing and, you know, uh, with Roman Polanski and like, and John Lennon and all of these, all of this is connected to this same zeitgeist of fear that they're just, that's just descending on the people. And it seems like before that, it was like, you know, the fifties, everybody happy, you know, beaver cleaver. And, but then like, it was totally changed, you know, Alfred Kinsey came along and fucking changed everybody's ideas about, you know, uh, only having sex with in marriage, you know, and that kind of thing. Um, and then they had like, you know, the Grateful Dead and the the the, the, the LSD and the MK Ultra, you know, all that, totally changing Incredible. the entire the entire reality of everybody was changed and. Um, in, in a it, very relatively short period of time, right? The change between the fifties and sixties, as far as the time scale in the United States, radical change. Yeah, really right. Radical. And I think that um, hallucinogens were important for that because, like, you can't change that fast when nobody's getting high. You know, I mean, if it's just a normal day and then all of a sudden 
they're giving you these freaks with crazy colors and long hair, people would just be like, that's silly, you know. But, you know, if you take a, a hallucinogen, that'll, that breaks down the ego and the boundaries of how, what you think and how you think. And it helps you to, like, see from a different perspective kind of thing. And then if you are being given these ideas of, like, you know, take drugs, leave home, go to San Francisco with flowers in your hair. These, these ideas were, like, put into the people's minds and they all just came in 67 they all just showed up you know and 66 we talked about before is year one in the satanic church and that was when uh anton levey's church of satan was created and it was created in san francisco like everybody right, comes to san francisco is, everybody you know and the timing is gate, off the charts right it's just right. Like all that stuff yeah and the golden gate was like the gate to the west like where your soul goes to die you know like um it's very occult if uh you look into that but we don't need to go into that but i think the context of this film is very important you know context for all yes. films i mean eyes wide shut the context the date everything yes i mean same with right. all that so and 99 is right before 2001 the beginning right so these guys are right 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 so these guys are like the they want to get the movie the producers or either the directors or whoever the creatives are they're thinking about the time when the movie's coming out they're not just thinking about the making of it like this is the yes. movie that i want to put out at this time yes exactly because they are engineering the society right and this is a huge piece of it that's why we're taking so much time to talk well about we can it. <laughs> you can get even deeper that she's a symbol of american society do you want yes. to say that that they're leading yes. her into this exactly. giving the birth of the child the symbolic birth of the yes, new world. exactly that she is the psyche of she is the viewers she is you know the uh, the emotions of you know the right, you're fault. she's her she's the protagonist right right yeah and she like much like that midsomar you could consider that main character to be the psyche of the people you know, and how they burn away the Christian ethos and they go back to the occult Pagan. paganism, you know, because it's healthier for her mental processes as a human. Like, it's really interesting film, that one. But it's uh, somewhere, it's it, unfortunately, it's fairly similar to this. Like, she's all yeah. being taken on a journey. She's yes. the protagonist at the very end. Is like the she end. has no real understanding of what's happening until the very end. And she's the very like, end. And then, but then she, she consents. It. She gives her will to it. She's like, yes, okay, good. It's you know, and that's really there, what the magicians want from you. This, yes, you will. that's the deepest thing about this film. Really, I mean, a lot. There's a lot of deep. Like, there's the Satanism aspect or witchcraft, but just the fact that they're gonna like. Uh, you know that she is the representation of the society or the human being is crazy yes and it totally fits with the idea of that satanic zeitgeist being birthed in on 66 you know uh, so anyway let's keep moving she uh yeah. she says <laughs> it has an undertaste and right. he says uh now eat it she slaved all day now eat. he's like telling her but even you these words, important. the old bat, right? The yeah. Bat. She's, she's slaving bat. for Satan. She's yeah. slaving for you. Eat that's it. interesting. Like, you know, that, 
the slave shall serve. Right. These kind of terms are, uh, yeah, like the bad is like flies at night. Even even exactly. that's kind of a new thing. So. And you know, like Dracula and stuff. She's you know, Dracula had to be invited in the door, just like Minnie Mouse, like, like you know, Minnie's moose, I guess. But uh, anyway, so he's like demanding. Now eat it, right? She's like, okay, okay. You know, it's really, it's gross to watch like him dominate her like that. Uh, so he walks in, he walks into the other room and she dumps it in her napkin because she's going to do her own will despite his dominating demeanor. And, uh, and then she shows him the empty cup in the next one. And she's like, do I get a gold star? She's like making fun of the fact that he's really making her, you know, eat it. You know, so it's really, it's kind of sick to watch. So going on to the next one, uh, uh, guy is at, in front of the television and he's watching the Pope visit Yankee Stadium. <laughs> and uh, the, the guy on TV says he's making a full circle of the park. It's the Pope at Yankee Stadium. And like a circle is like a, ma a magic circle, right? So the Pope is circumnambulating this park. Like, what is he doing, right? Um, but the Pope is in New York on the day that she gets inseminated. That's important. Wow, wow, that's incredible. He was there visiting. And when she's dreaming, he shows up. So that's very important to say. So he might not be there you to visit Yankee Stadium. He, Are you saying the Pope was involved in the ritual? Is that what they're implying? I think, well, he was there in her dream, and he made her kiss his ring, and his ring had the tannis root charm on it. And I think that maybe because she dreams – Stuff that is in real life in her dream, like when she hears people talking through the door or through the wall, she dreams in her dream what is being said. So, like, that's that happens sometimes when you take elements of what's happening in real life around you through your senses while you're dreaming, and it influences your dream. So, I can't be sure, but he shows up at the moment that she is uh the ritual is happening and all of the coven is there also surrounding her like she kind of sees them with her eyes open and they're all like naked in the darkness surrounding the bed it's a bunch of old people and maybe the pope was there too you know because uh, she's in and out of consciousness and <laughs> i mean this is kind of wild but if you if you uh, believe in the David Icke reptile theory, uh, Arizona Wilder gave an interview with him talking about how she has seen people turn into reptiles. I mean, it's a silly idea, I know, but uh, um, like their form actually turns into a big reptile. And maybe, I mean, the thing that is raping her has reptile eyes and maybe it was the pope himself <laughs> i mean who knows I, i'm speculating of course but and being but it, a little uh it's incredible that he's there so she's either dreaming yes. it or something's going on she's either dreaming it or he's there physically but he is physically in new york on that night so he's visiting 
New York City on the same night she's inseminated. And she's going through a the, magic circle of yeah. Wittershins, right? Isn't there specific <laughs> terms in witchcraft? Yeah. You go yeah. around the circle. It's Wittershins and something else. Yeah, Wittershins is the uh is the counterclockwise. counterclockwise. Yeah, because the sun moves uh around a sundial, the shadow moves clockwise. And so like if you're doing anything in magic that's circular, you'll you'll go with the sun and go clockwise. That's why ever that's why the clock goes to the right, you know. Um uh because but, like that that works with nature, right? And if you're working against nature, you go the left-hand path is where your altar is on your left. And then if you're walking around your altar, in a circle and you keep the altar on your left and you'd be going in a counterclockwise fashion that's called wittershins wittershins um and those are cir magic circles my understanding i've i've read gardnerian witchcraft the magic circle and the circle inside and outside very important it's a fundamental right. aspect of those witchcraft rituals is the circle you got to draw a circle right. you're within it you're supposed to be in another dimension when you're within that circle Right. I think it like it keeps it's like that's where they are like the the other spirits are contained within the circle when you manifest them. And then you yourself have to be in a triangle like outside of the circle so that they don't attack you. It's like um, there's another there's another element. I, I'm pretty sure I have to go back and look when I read Gardner's stuff because mm -hmm. I read Gardner because he was he knew Crowley. So he right. took some of these rituals, but there's something about when you're, he wrote something about being inside the circle, you're inside some other environment or something. Right. I'll double check that. Right. But I it think, just ties in. Crowley went in the circle when Karanzan, with that Karanzan thing in the desert, and he let it, um, like, incorporate, him, like incorporate into him or something. And then he tried to, like, eat the other guy. He was like, it's really a disgusting scenario. We don't need to talk about it. But um, okay, so uh, she. This is a special day. It says on the TV, you know. Uh, and anyway, she's drugged. We can see. And uh, it says that uh, on and one in forty one thirty nine, it says Pope, Pope Paul the sixth arrived at 9.27 a.m. Uh, that's what the TV's saying. And that's the moment when she's like teetering and she drops the chair in the kitchen. So 9.27 a.m., that might have some occult significance. I just wanted to have it here for everybody to see. You know, I didn't really go that far into it. But she's dizzy, and he's carrying her into the bedroom in the uh, 4216. And um, and then after that... One of the interesting things about the scene is that that light is kind of evocative of the moon. It kind of has a yeah. moon theme to it. Yeah, it does. You're right. Yeah, and the, you know, the moon is, like, related to the... Uh, you know the uh, the witches' Sabbath. The you know it's the goddess. You know of anyway. Anyway, so she's dizzy, and she's uh, he carries her into the room, and he lays her down. Yeah, you know, 
and uh, under the rhombus, like the male symbol, like he's taking control of her, right? And uh, so 42:33, the dream starts. And uh, so one of the uh, interesting things, sorry to interrupt, but the, one mm -hmm. of the interesting things is there's a picture I'm pretty sure of Polanski's wife Tate with not there's two different strains of witchcraft, Gardnerian and Sander Alexandrian. There's mm -hmm. a picture of her with like Alexanders, I'm almost positive, somewhere out there. Yeah, that makes sense. So they, they were, like, they, I think they were far more involved in witchcraft than people. She's high up there. And, um, and they also wanted to have, uh, they wanted Tuesday Weld for the role. They were going to have uh, Polanski's wife. And then they were going to have Tuesday Weld, who is huge. She's like, uh, occult priestess like she's like leader of covens and shit she's related to the governor weld from massachusetts she's like one of those uh families that's connected to power and they raised her sra and you know they made her she lives as a witch you know um, she doesn't make movies anymore you know she's very People look into Tuesday Weld. That's the Beatles sing about Tuesday Weld. You know, Tuesday's on the phone to me, you know. Um, no, I've heard that same story. Yeah, very much. I think McGowan wrote about her, too, like that she was a flat-out witch. Yeah, she I is. Remember. It's very deep rabbit hole. People need to go down that, down that trail and take a look. Um, so, yeah, the dream is starting. She's floating on water. Her bed is like... Um, uh, her bed is like, you know, she's falling into the dream of the subconscious, you know, floating into the, uh, you know, un unconscious, I guess I'll sleep there. So, um, she, he's taken off her clothes. She's like, uh, Oh, I need to make a baby. And he says, yeah, we'll do it. Sure. And then he starts, uh, you know, she's like, Oh, it's time to make a baby. And he's like, yeah, sure. And he's like undressing her as she's, Kind of falling in and out of consciousness, and um, uh, forty-three fifteen. Yeah, we'll do it. He says we'll do it. We'll do it. Forty-three fifteen. Let's go. And uh, they dream JFK on a yacht. It's the uh, the guy. The actor looks just like JFK, and um, and later he says, "Well, I'll just save it for a minute. So there's JFK there. He's like the captain of the boat, you know, he's steering the ship and it's kind of like, you know, uh, JFK steering, the, like taking control of the psyche of the people like her. She's one of the citizens, you know, like he's he's her leader type type idea. And uh, so in the next one, 4324, it's Hutch. It morphs into Hutch. Like, he is her strong leader that she trusts, like, um, you know, the intelligent male that she looks up to for advice. And uh, and then they're taking off 4330. And, uh, oh, she's taking them off, taking off her clothes. She's like, why are you taking them off? She's in the dream, but she's dreaming of his hands. So, like, both elements are combined in this dream, you know. Uh, and forty-three thirty-six, he says, "Go to sleep, Rosemary." 
He's like, <laughs> he's telling her, we don't want you to be conscious. And look right. at his darkness. He looks very sinister in this picture. Um, so 4401. 4401. Uh, what guy pulls off? Uh, it's just her legs or whatever. It's like. Um, so he's pulling off her dress, and she's on this boat, and like he like he he's in total command of her. I think this was one of the scenes that was taken out when it was cut um, for the movie theaters when it was released. Is there like a director's cut of this? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think so. Well, it, I think this is this is what we're watching is director's cut. I know the Criterion did a uh, release of this. I think that this one actually has some of the frame chopped off because I've seen larger pictures of hmm. certain points in the movie. So I'm trying to, I'm scouring the internet for another version, but I didn't get one yet. So anyway, uh, this is Hutch on the dock that she's leaving him behind. And he has all those scrolls in his left hand. And if you know about um, statues and you know, the occult ideas of statuary. Uh, if somebody has a scroll in their left hand, that means that they hold occult knowledge. Um, that's common for that's like, it's just known. Plus he's wearing binoculars. It's like, yeah, they have so the same sign. Like, if you point to like your head in certain things, if you do this, this gesture means I have occult knowledge too. You can oh. see one of the presidents right. doing that. I forgot which one it was. Yeah, right. The recent and, one, yeah. the one, uh, I can't remember his name. So, like, and another, you know, like, if uh, if the dude is riding, if the, the, the guy in the sculpture is riding a horse, if, like, one leg of the horse is up, it means this. And if both legs are up, it means that he was physically in battle. Like, there's there's a whole lot of um, significance to, to that. But anyway, the scrolls, he had a lot of scrolls. That shows he has a lot of knowledge, and she's leaving him behind. And then... JFK says to her, Catholics only. She's like, why are we leaving him behind? He's Catholics only. You're coming with us now. And so I think that is related. And we were talking before about how the Catholic Church is an extension of the occult, of the, the old religion of Babylon. And it's just kind of got Jesus paint job you know, facade on it, but really it's the same rituals and the same uh, holidays as the um, the cult of Tammuz and uh, Ishtar, you know, the Babylonian fertility, sun god, you know, that whole thing. So anyway, she has lived the uh, life of of rituals and it's Catholic rituals. So she's the proper vehicle for Satan's baby, right? Um, uh, so she, it, he's removing her ring. So that, again, he's like taking off the symbol of their, of of uh, the holy right. matrimony, you know, right. uh, so that Satan can have free reign over her body. Uh, like the sacred symbol of the wedding. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, so she's dreaming of being under Sistine Chapel, uh, like Marco, Michelangelo, and this is this is in Rome. This is St. Peter's Basilica. Uh, 
So this is uh, it's a symbol of God and Adam, right? So it's Michelangelo. Birth of man, I guess that's where everybody that's famous where the fingers are touching and God is stretching out and man is just like "Eh, not really trying. And it's um, so it's there's a lot of occult significance to that painting by Michelangelo. People can look into that. It looks like God is God looks like a brain you know, like in the way it's shaped and very interesting stuff. Uh, so here Hutch is warning of a typhoon. So like Typhon is, uh, is the, the, the God of the, of the ocean Poseidon. And he's got a trident holding it up in the air and he's got a sex tent. And that's for like naval, um, for finding your way, uh, in an, on on the ocean, you know, through through the stars, uh, with the stars, and I, uh, I just wanted to to say that, and it's like a wind storm god, and that is the same, the Baal or whatever. There, the Typhon is like a storm god, and that's like, uh, but he's also considered a storm god too. Yeah, yeah I think Typhonian. There's a Typhonian stream and kind of the witchcraft, but right, also the OTO has Typhon. Yeah, yeah it's uh, Kenneth Grant, and right. also he's a symbol of, and this actually plays into the Order of Nine Angles. He's a symbol of rebellion against the order because he was thrust down into yes. the ocean, and he wants to come back to his ascended height. So right. Typhon and the cult meet. It's almost like a satanic thing where right. I want my elevate, I want my station back at the top with the Titans and with the gods. Yeah, so Typhon. Right, and it's like any he, he's like the ocean is like darkness, and it's the wet. You know, the opposite of like sunlight and dry. Like the you know all the opposite of the solar deity would be the Typhon, and it, you know Churchill also would do the V symbol. And that was taught to him by Aleister Crowley, and it's a Typhonic symbol because Crowley or uh, uh, Hitler was using a solar symbol with the, um, the swastika, and so he clued Churchill into that, doing the V as like uh, an opposition to that, and he told everybody it means victory, but really it's a magic symbol uh, representing Typhon. Interesting. All right, next one. I mean, so they put a lot in this movie. I mean, Man, I'm sorry. Know, it's they, they took their time. They they <laughs> took their. This is like eyes wide shut. Every yeah. every clip had something in it. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I took a lot of photographs. We don't have to stop at all of them, but I mean, uh, most of There's them have something no, to talk about. Them. We can go. We can go. Let's see. We're at 46 good. minutes. This goes on to two hours. Oh man, this might be a three parter. All right, on that's fine. I, I hope your, your your listeners don't mind. <laughs> so anyway, um, so this he's saying she needs to go down below, and he is the elevator operator, and uh, uh, he has black skin. Um, that's in occult symbolism, like um, it represents uh, like a, a servant of darkness. Right. Uh, and we, of course, we don't think that today. And, you know, it's not, but that's, um, I just wanted to mention that he was the operator of the elevator. And the elevator is a satanic symbol, which pulls you down in a box down to hell. Um, 
And if they people look into the elevator, they could see there's a lot of satanic references to that. So this makes us remember the elevator, you know, and he's he's driving her boat right now, you know. Um, right. So and he's he tells her, her to, down, right? Yes, he's guiding her down below. Yes, he's guiding her down below. And we're going to the next one. Yeah, this one is something else. <laughs> the super occult. Right. So we see that the checkered floor is black on black. You know? Um, and it's a bare mattress in front of a dark uh, fireplace. And on the wall behind them are candles where there's two candles each. So that's like the duality uh, on the wall. I can't really see what's on the chair. I don't know what that is. Maybe stuffed animals or something. But anyway, that looks like uh, a very rapey situation that she's just walking right into it. You know, and it's black on black checkers is, you know, we understand the checkerboard floor is Masonic. Right. Yeah, totally and we see behind her, the mattress has rose prints on it. Right. And she's blonde. Um, they no. prefer blondes. Mm -hmm. In 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 the um, I don't want to show the next one. This new D, but they Is in there? the um, I thought I didn't. It's okay. The the okay. um, in the, in the Masonic Lodge, the black and white checkerboard represents we walk above good and evil, so we're right. beyond the ordinary. We're beyond ordinary right. morality. That's what it is. And the black represents the evil. And if you look, the checkerboard here is all black. <laughs> it's black on black. They walk above evil and evil, <laughs> you know. Wow. And that's like where she lays down is upon the evil, evil. So, and the rose, uh, you know, her name is Rose. The rose on the mattress. Um, and I think the next one with the old people standing around, it is in darkness. I don't think we really yeah, see much see. of the old people. We don't have to. We can just imagine. Let's, remember. Let's get the chant. Let's get the chanting. Yeah. Let's okay. Right. Castavet's chanting and, and he's going to start drawing, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So he is drawing on her body uh, with a paintbrush. It's red, probably blood. And we can see Dr. Saperstein is right there next to him watching as he paints. Um, and he's in his occult robe. Uh, the uh, Castavet is in his occult robe and you know, everybody's chanting in foreign language. All right. So then here's Minnie and Guy together naked. Yep. And he says, oh, my God, she's awake. And she says, she doesn't see anything. As long as she ate the mouse, she's knocked out. And he's, like, worried that she's going to wake up and see it. Because he wants to reduce her suffering as much as he can. But he has no power. He gave away the power to the cast of bets. Right, so if and she yeah, ate the mouse, says, right. she can't see nor hear. She's like dead, no sing. Right. And now she's making him sing along with the ritual. So he's participating all the way. And uh, is now this she's... Woman, yeah, is this woman supposed to be Jackie Bouvier? Because she looks like uh, you know, JFK's wife. It might it's be. Weird. It might be. Because... Yeah, maybe so. I always thought it was like an older version of the Tammy girl that jumped out the window in the beginning. But I think you're right. That might be 
Jackie Onassis or whatever. Jackie Onassis, yeah. Yeah. So then, let's see. Oh, here come the devil's hands. Oh, she says you better have your legs tied down. Yeah. For the listeners that aren't watching, like, uh, it looks like JFK's wife saying, you better have your legs tied down. She was like, um, she says, it's only a mouse bite, right? And then this, we see the hands of some reptilian thing. They're like scales. And it's like, uh, and we see that the painted, there's like pictures and numbers painted on her. Um, right, so she, they've scrawled something on her. Yeah, and, and the thing has the like big fingernails. Yeah. Did you ever hear the story that um, LaVey was in this movie or was somehow I did, involved in it? I did hear that, but I don't think I believe it. I think, well, I think that he was involved. He was involved in like uh, answering questions and making sure that it is, that it goes along with true Satanism. He was an advisor on the film, but I don't believe he was in the costume. I think that was like, I think that was like people hear that he was involved in the film and then they imagine he must have been the guy in the costume because there's no real evidence for that. I haven't found any. So she does wake up. She sees with her eyes open. This is no dream. This is really happening. <laughs> and then she falls back into the dream. But she sees the eyes of this thing that's attacking her. Cat eyes or something. Yeah. yeah the Pope. Critical, so like, the Pope has his, he's traveling with his yeah, he's suitcase. Got his he's got the news in. So he's, oh no, it's got, is that a newspaper or is cloth? I don't know. I look, oh, it looks like cloth. But he's got his hat with the three uh, crowns on it, and he's there uh, visiting her. It's a very special occasion, you know. So the last scene was the Pope, or was the reptile eyes, like, mounting her. And then she sees the Pope, <laughs> you know. I think there might be an illusion there. There might be a connection. And he's worried about her health, and she's talking to the Pope about the mouse bite that she had, like she's been invaded by this mouse. And the, um, like we were talking about culture creation, Mickey Mouse is a very big part of the satanic culture that we live in today, you know? Like the, uh, the psyche of the people has been infected by a mouse bite, literally. Uh, so, well, not literally, figuratively, I guess. So we get a close up of the Pope's ring and it's customary to kiss the ring of the Pope and that is the charm, uh, the Tannis root charm. So the the Pope wears Tannis root also. So that's Tannis root is the devil's pepper. We talked about that in the earlier episode. Um, so the Pope is signifying that he's part of this cult right now in her dream. And, but it is a dream. So, you know, it's not actually. But I mean, in any case, I. The filmmakers are telling us that the Pope is connected. I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't get that whole Pope theme. So mm. here she is. She has scratches on. He's. She's yeah. saying that it was him. So he knows. He's he's gaslighting her again. Right. And he's like all animated, and you know he's an actor. We can we can see he's nervous about it. Um, that he has to lie to her now for nine months and then give away and that's an interesting aspect so that like he's like almost the per guy is the perfect guy for the role yes because he's an actor so he can 
he can portray whatever to his wife to get right. get this the birth of the antichrist done right or devil yes and we you know we saw that uh roman castavet was friends with many actors in the past and like majeska and uh, we talked about some of them and they were masonic they were knighted they did shakespeare and shakespeare is almost like an affront to catholicism you know it's like a shaking the spear to the Virginia, ruling class Virginia. of of the, the church you know so she has uh you know she has scratches on her physical evidence that it wasn't just a dream and um and he's trying to say like it was him and he said, oh, I didn't. It's a necrophile sort of way, right? Yeah, he's like, oh, I didn't want to miss baby night. It was kind of fun in a necrophile sort of way. I mean, what kind of joke is that? Like, who right. did? That's really messed up. And she's like discovering that he, you know, took advantage of her while she was unconscious. And like, it's not very romantic and like not very, not the way to make a baby. <laughs> you know, it's really sick. So this guy, I mean, he's just a real. It would be the way to make a baby if it was Satan, though, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, Yeah. because it'd be the opposite of love. It'd be fear and domination, you know, all that. And there's the tesseract again, just like an eyes wide shut. Right. So for those in the know, they would just see this and go, "Yep, there she is. She's now captured." Yes, exactly. We see her head is framed within the frame, like she is framed within a frame. We call that in photography. And then even further frame of the light around her head. So her head is trapped within this light box, right? And that is uh, this door on the left side of the screen uh, is dominating the scene. And uh, we see that it's the, the cube within the cube. That's the tesseract on the door, that symbol. So she's trapped now. She's trapped within the box because she's inseminated. She doesn't know it yet. She doesn't know it, but the filmmaker's telling you. Right. Trapped. Mm -hmm. And now she learns that she's pregnant from Dr. Hill, and she's so happy. (laughs) She doesn't know what's going to happen. Yeah. She doesn't know what's on its way. Yeah, and he tells her it's June. What twenty eighth is the June twenty eighth was the date. Uh, here, let me look on the calendar and see. Um, June twenty eighth. June one is Demon Revels. June twentieth is Grand Climax through June twenty seventh. And that is a uh, date varies annually. Five weeks, one day after summer solstice, sexual and blood rituals, abduction, ceremonial preparation, and holding of a sacrificial victim for Lammas Day. And it's, there's like rape and human sacrifice. And then August 1 is Lammas Day, which is one of the high holidays. There's a blood ritual, uh, animal and or human sacrifice, according to the witches calendar <laughs> so you're in november the 11 right she's in the 11th so, month yeah 11 one yeah, right so that's three ones uh also she's getting it's it just says blood and here i've got 
So uh, let's see. Uh, sorry, I got this. It's okay. Um, Blood Ritual, November 1st, the day after Samhain. Uh, the day after Halloween is November 1st. And a blood ritual is one that involves the int intentional release of blood. And that's what they, the doctor on the phone is asking for. He's asking for an intentional release of blood on that day. She writes it down. Uh, the participants may regard the release or consumption of blood as producing energy useful as a sexual healing or mental stimulus. In other cases, blood is a primary component as the sacrifice or material component for a spell. So that's like what a blood ritual is for people. So now he's excited. He wants to tell Minnie and Roman. He's first people he wants to tell is Minnie and Roman. That's because he's excited that he succeeded in his job. You know, he works for them. He, you know, he's fulfilled it. He's also yeah. wearing purple, like the color of uh, right. royalty. She's got the white, white halo around. Yes, so, like the virgin. Yes, cool. yes. And like the magicians would wear purple. Um, and it's like the top chakra, the crown chakra connecting to, um, you know, the astral world where your soul connects to your body. Um, right. No, this is incredible. The highest level of entertainment. Get all the colors down and everything. Mm. Uh, so he's already told them we're trying. Like he's like, come on, let me tell them. She's like, she feels an invasion of privacy. And yeah, uh, what, what does it matter? Right. But Why do these it, people care? These weird people who are, so much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who live upstairs or whatever. Yeah, next door. Yeah. And it's so important for them. And then they they come right over and they got alcohol. And, she tells, uh, she tells Rosemary, you're going to Abe Saperstein. She just tells her, you're doing it. And then, like, they talk about how Abe Saperstein is, like, a, um, you know, well-renowned, has a great... Uh, right. Uh, Didn't, and he know, delivered our friends' babies, right? Right, exactly. Something like that, like, oh, who are your the friends? High, the, you know, the highfalutin types that have lots of money. So, and that's basically what the satanic cults do serve those people, you know, like, you know, we see with Eyes Wide Shut and stuff too. It's the rich people that are engaging in this and they have these riches because of their connection to the cult and so on. So anyway, um, so uh, they just come over and demand, you're going to Saperstein. And Saperstein was there at the ritual when they were writing on her body with the paintbrush. So, I mean, we don't like, if you've seen this movie for the first time, you don't recognize that, but when you watch it again, so anyway, she's thinking, okay, I want the baby to be healthy. And she knows this thing is a good luck charm in quotes. So she goes and puts the charm on the Tannis root. Uh, so she is consenting to be under the control of Minnie and Roman. Right, and she's got all that. The whole white theme is there, so she's like, yeah, Virgil, you know, Virgil, right. yes, or Saperstein. This guy was a really famous actor. I forgot his name, Bellamy. His real name oh, is Bellamy. Right. Yeah, I didn't write that down. I should have. He warns her, "Don't read books." Right. Yes. Yeah. 
who would trust somebody that says that? Yeah. Don't yeah. read books and then, then don't the listen to your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't listen to your friends. Who would go along with that? It's just it's like everyone's like nightmare. Like yeah. yeah. So now she has to can you know, now she's under the control of this guy who's like some dominant male, you know, physician. Right. So she's just constantly in that passive role or whatever the Yes. Yeah. Subservient role. The whole right. the whole movie. Right. The vessel. Until the end. Until the, end. the vessel right. role. The yeah. chalice role. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> so she's taking this milk concoction milk drink and um i don't know if you guys have and i don't know if you ever heard of bong it's like uh it's a uh, the indians drink this milk drink with it's got mm. hashish in it and they it's so they celebrate shiva when they drink this stuff and um really. it's the only religious milk drink i could think of like when i was watching this but how do you I spell did, how would it be spelled in english i think it's B-A-N-G, bong. Anyway, they have a Shiva festival, and everybody drinks it. The kids drink it. Adults drink it. It's a mixture of uh, milk with different herbs right. and hashish. It says B-H-A-N, at least on Wikipedia. Oh, there you go. Good. I don't know how yeah, reliable. That makes more can, sense. Right, you can call Wikipedia these days. Well, it's a good place to start sometimes. Yeah, bong. Yeah, it's a milk drink, and they have it. Um, when they Early like 1000 BC in ancient India, distributed right. during the spring festival of Maha Shivaratri or Holi. Holi, yeah, yeah, and that's like a that's a fertility festival, and um, and Shiva is another version of the um, like Inanna, um, Ishtar oh, that's, that's related to that. Like Shiva's the male version, and Shanti is the female, um, and I think it it relates to that. Uh, but I don't know if if they're doing that in this book or in this movie. But um, I guess I could have looked further in witchcraft. I mean, probably. Yeah. But anyway, it's, yeah. it's you could probably if you read through witchcraft, you can probably see a lot more in this film that right. you may not know. Because I think somebody who is into witchcraft. They they can they see recognize more. They recognize right. stuff. Yeah. I tried my best to look into that realm of of knowledge, and I mean, in any case, it is a witch's brew that she is accepting every day right. to take. So uh, now she mentions her hair; it's Vidal Sassoon, which is like the famous hairstylist dude, and Roman Polanski's wife had a hairstylist there when oh, wow. the wife was murdered that guy was a famous movie star hairstylist oh he, he worked a, there it was a jay sebring jay sebring did, right did he work for vidal sassoon i don't know if he did but vidal sassoon uh popularized the bob cut i think and then like even shorter it's like it's like uh gender bending type mm -hmm. stuff like um women are known to have you know it's normal for women to have long hair in that in that society and the pixie um, cut i think they called it or something like that yeah right and um and like the men were getting longer hair and in this movie the woman is being shown to have short hair and i think it's uh 
it's a subtle um like it's it's showing us the opposite of it's like the Wittershins version of a haircut it's against the natural feminine natural order of things right yes right. it's working against that and uh and her being blonde is important for the cult you know and look at the lighting she looks like a skeleton like this uh, she looks terrible yeah and she's eating raw meat yeah that's later on yeah not raw yet but she's eating yeah no she barely she eats like turkey liver oh yeah right here she's she's it's she it's six seconds on the pan like three seconds each side it's so rare it's disgusting and she like takes a bite of the stuff like it's great um so her tastes are changing she has it's not normal cravings of a of a mother you know you know, pregnant right. woman will have weird cravings, but this is like raw meat, and it it shows the bestial nature of her urges and cravings. Now she has this evil growing inside of her, and you know, uh, meat symbolizes the domination of another species, where you you kill and eat something is like you totally owning that, and like anyway so this is hutch visiting her and he says what's wrong with you he's instantly notices that she's emaciated and skeletal almost you know and her hair is all short and so uh guys always saying oh it's just the haircut that makes you look bad you know he's right. saying oh, you know she says she looks awful but guys like no nah, whatever you're fine and saperstein says oh you're you're gonna gain weight later this is this is normal don't worry about it yeah and he you know hutch understands natural processes of the of pregnancy and he says to her women gain pregnant women gain weight they don't lose it and she's like oh yeah that's fine she's like no <laughs> she's she's not paying attention to the reality you know and she's walking blindly into this you know control of their you know evil cult so Kutch comes over and then it's Castavitz pops in, right? With the black checkered uh clothes, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a uh, houndstooth, I think. That's uh, but he he just shows up. He hears the guy and he's like, Oh, what's going on? Yeah, Snooping, you know, making check sure. This out. Yeah. Yeah. And so she invites him in and uh and then we see that he has a pierced ear. And a pierced ear is a is a blood ritual that is used in Wiccan magic. Uh, hmm. So um, it shows that he wears jewelry, which is weird for a man to do. And uh, you know, so he's hiding something. She notices that, and you know, and he continues on. And um, she says, "I'll be expecting mothers." Uh, I'll bet expected mothers chew bits of tannis root. She says that because she thinks the tannis root is healthy. And that's why she's drinking it. And Hutch is like, huh? Tannis root? And Hutch takes that little piece of information and he goes and looks it up himself. Right. So he figures stuff out. Mm -hmm. So here is this. Yeah. It looks mm -hmm. like mold. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And he uses his critical thinking mind. He's like, that doesn't look like root. That looks like mold. And they, he smells it and it smells bad. And uh, 
and he's like inspecting it, you know, and um, and then she says that they're, you know, after he goes away, she says they're too friendly. She says to Hutch, they are too friendly. They are invading my space. She's very uncomfortable with how friendly they are, you know. And uh, and then we find that that, yep. Sometimes I think they're too friendly, and uh, and then he he's leaving as after guy comes home. And they go to the closet to get his to get his coat, and he's missing a glove. Which is important. Right. And later we'll find out why. Uh, and uh, well, they're just weird, strange clothes. Like the clothes that yeah, he wears. Variety, white jacket. She changes colors. She goes from drab to light. So right. just, like just he, strange. Yeah. Like he had just had to run home from the movie set. And he's still got his makeup on. She even talks about it later. Like he's wearing his costume for the for the thing. Like he had to run home because he was called by Minnie probably. Hey, get home. Somebody's in that apartment. What the hell? Right. Yeah, you know what wrong. I mean? So right, like yeah. I shows up to usher the guy out again, you know. Right. And here um, she is not feeling well, but she starts making calls. And there's more's my notes. So this is her not feeling well, but there was at this point she's she's calling, but there there are like repeats of elevens, like elevens over and over. So Hutch dies, but this is what I noticed when I was watching it. And 11's the number of magic. It's all over. If the place. you if you look at the timestamp, taken ill, uh, is one eleven. That's the one hour and eleven minutes into the movie. Mm. Wow. And like, uh, and November one is eleven one. Right. You Do know? you think that and they actually time that? They might have. I think so. I think that because mm. um, because they had the advice the advice of. Uh, of LeVay, you know, he understands yeah. that 11 is a is a satanic number. Um, 11 is like the next level up, you know. Uh, and she has beyond, to like call. She has to, Go ahead. Right. She starts getting suspicious, so she has to make a call from a payphone, right? Mm. So she doesn't even want to call from home. Yes. And, uh, oh, well, she went to go meet him that morning. And he didn't show oh, that's up. That's right. That's right. And she learns that he's in a deep coma. And this is at 11, 1, 11, 47 in the film. So this is one hour and 11 minutes. So that one is like really being hammered in right now. Uh, the 11 thing. Um, and uh, so he's in a deep coma. And then we learn later that uh that coma is one of the things that they can do so um she's in pain and that sculpture in the window is an alberto giacometti sculpture it's uh, he's famous for bronze tall thin figures uh made in the years of 1945 to 60 and the emaciated figurines are often interpreted interpreted as a existential fear insignificance and loneliness of mankind. Wow. Yeah. It feels sad and lonely, difficult to relate to. So they that's just yeah. They should have given the set designer here like an Oscar. Because <laughs> they got all kinds of stuff in here. The doors, all the doors look weird. And then like mm. in different scenes, 
all the lamps are different shapes and color upside down uh triangles circles like it's just right. like somebody really thought through it like we're gonna yes. have this year we're gonna have this yes year. and the being in the rain that sculpture is in the rain uh that's like emotive like crying and right, like right. sorrow uh, mm. So yeah, this is fun. All right, so that was Alberto Giacometti, scat statue, and uh, so now she's explaining her pain to Saperstein, and he's like nonchalant, like oh whatever, it's fine, you know. And this is at a New Year's party. It's New Year, nineteen sixty-six. Yes, exactly. And then um, so she's like, hey, I'm in pain, and he's like, yeah, whatever okay fine it'll go away just forget it it'll go away in a couple of days like they keep telling her that so now he uh and i Roman... think it's at this party sorry i think it's at this party where the guy comes up and fully makes the sign of silence so this you'll hmm. see this gesture in occult statuary and stuff like that but see yes him? he goes up and does that to saperstein yeah, that's uh Harpocrates. Like yeah the sign of Harpocrates. Exactly. yeah and uh, you'll find that in Crowley's Toth deck and stuff, Harpocrates, like um, to know, to will, to dare, and to be silent. Like that's. Uh, that's the, those are the uh, dictums of the magician. That's actually what the Sphinx represents. And I think there is a Sphinx in this movie too. So, yeah, it's <laughs> this somewhere. is great. So yeah, yes, so, so these people are all in the cult. Yeah. You know, these are the people that play the recorder through the wall or where you can hear the chanting and stuff. Um, and Saperstein is there with them celebrating. Yep, he's, he and knows what's coming. He knows what's coming. That's right. And Roman Castavet is making a toast to 1966, the year one. <laughs> right. So he knows he knows what's coming. That's right. Let's see. All right. So then she starts eating livers. Yeah, eating raw liver. She's just can't control herself just num 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 you know pulls it out of the chicken and uh you know everybody knows that chicken and the salmonella you got to cook this. You, you can't just eat raw chicken no way it's super dangerous right but she is overcome with these urge this urges to just eat that raw liver <laughs> so that you know it relates to carnism and you know the, the domination of of others you know, fear and death and sacrifice and all of those things, right? Country flavor cookbook too is right there too. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So uh, I should have looked at those books too, man. I missed that. But the, I mean, the the thing is, <laughs> there's that, probably more. Yeah, there's probably. But I think so, it may be just the juxtaposition of kind of like normalcy with her eating liver livers raw, which is very abnormal. Right. And. <clears throat> uh, we see her in the reflection of the toaster and if you see the moment in the film is one hour 14 minutes and 41 seconds it's a mirror 14 to 41. Wow. so like the moment she sees the reflection is the moment on the film when there's a reflection in the in the toaster so um she chances she by chance sees her reflection and she's appalled. She's like, Oh my god, I'm eating raw. Oh, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So like your conscious mind doesn't want to do that. 
she does not want it, but her urge inside is like, ah, eat the blood, you know. So um, she, they have a party to make Rosemary feel better. And they mention, is this guy still blind? And we see on a uh, guy's face his guilt, and he wants to change the subject because he's responsible. He knows what, right, he knows. Yeah. And uh, so, it's like, like girl talk, they're all girls are together, right? So she's doubled over in pain, and this happens to be the same dress that um, uh, Prince William's wife wore when oh, she was that. displaying her baby. Yeah, I might have that on my. I guess I can't share the screen, but uh, anyway, that's people can look that up. It's like a cranberry red dress with like a white doily around the neck. And um, she was presenting her baby. And it's like makes us think of Rosemary's baby. It's really, it was next level, you know, really uh, interesting. So she is being consoled by her girlfriends and they're keeping Guy out. So that's important for SRA victims. Uh, SRA victims are kept in a world where they everything is controlled by the cult and they're not allowed to consort to, to, to talk to their friends and they they're kept segregated like they they do that with cults too um it's a way of like keeping the mind control in place because if you have outside influences right. then that might erode the mind control that they're trying to put her under so now she has natural influences from women that are real women that aren't part of the cult. And they're telling her uh, suffering uh, when you feel pain, that is a that's a sign that there's a problem, you know, and she's like, oh, the doctor says it's fine. And they're telling her, you got to see another doctor. And she says, I won't have an abortion. So that kind of goes along with the fear of women that are pregnant if they're watching this movie while they're pregnant. Oh, maybe I should have an abortion. Maybe my friends, you know, she assumes her girlfriends want her to have an abortion, but they're like, no, no, we just want you to see another, get a second opinion. Right. She just assumed because that's like the zeitgeist at the time. Oh, kill it, kill it, you know. Right. Uh, so he he says they're a bunch of bitches and they're not smart and you're not allowed to uh, see them anymore. And you must keep seeing Dr. Saperstein. I won't allow you to go back to Dr. Right. Yeah, so here he is gaslighting her and also controlling, mm -hmm. totally controlling her. Yes, and she's got black eyes and she's emaciated. She looks terrible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like a skeleton. Like that thing inside of her is like eating her from the inside, you know. And he says, I won't let you do it. He demands that she keep being under his control. You know, they don't want the outside influence, like I was saying. Um, and then, and then better. And then all of a sudden, it stops. And uh, she says it's alive. And then in the corner, we see a sculpture that is not emaciated. It's more voluptuous, fuller-bodied female sculpture, and. It's like all of a sudden it's relieved and we see the roses under the under the light um, and like the spell like they they put
put a spell to make it stop the pain because the pain was too much where she was going to be out of their control anymore. So they must have done something to make the pain stop at that moment. Um, so she's so happy, it's kicking. And then he touches the belly and then he was like afraid to touch. And she says like, well, what are you afraid of? You know, whatever. <laughs> but he knows it's Satan's baby. Yeah. Right, he knows. He knows. It's yeah. So we can keep skipping. Well, then we go to Hutch is dead. Yep. Hutch is dead. And then she finds out he sent her a book when she's at his funeral, right? So make sure you right. get the book. Right. Let's get that going. So and uh, the woman at the funeral says she must, you know, she must give her the book. That was his request. And um, and then in the next slide, she says the name is an anagram. And uh, when she gets home, uh, Minnie reads the book. She reads the address. Okay, yeah. That, so she says the name is an anagram. Like what? The the name of the book? She doesn't understand really, but she'll get right. it later. And there's just look at these strange clothes. The clothes change in ways that are very yeah. unusual. Maybe they were just had different styles back then, but yeah, the sixties they were funny kind of crazy stuff so this is a uh, mini castavet is like inspecting who it's from you know what address it's from you know she's like weighing it like oh yeah that's a book yeah. right oh the gilmore's used to live there I yeah know she everything. knows the house like oh very snoopy you know so um so that puts the woman who gave her the book in danger you know just because Minnie saw this so anyway, the, the name of the book is All of Them Witches. And that's not a real book. It's a fictional book created for the film. And when you open the book, we'll see uh, Thomas Colley. And I don't know if that's a picture of Thomas Colley, but uh, Thomas Colley is a real person. And I've got it here. Uh, See. Sorry, Thomas Colley was uh, a real person who was put to death for killing an accused witch. Wow! And then you uh, know what's interesting is this was, reminds me of the Ninth Gate because the the sketchings and art in this book kind of have a similar feel. Like there's definitely a, in the background you can see the um, at least of Colley. You can see this. What is it? The zodiac, right? Upper right, left hand corner, that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, right. And it says inevitably, since the god of the old religion became the devil of the new, the tables were turned. Pan's right. public image changed from white to black, with the very qualities and somethings which had endeared her to the ancient world made her something by the colder one of Christianity. So they're right. they're openly against Christianity. Amorality. Immorality. Right. So like um so the mind of the uh, witches from the mouth goddess into the maid of the witches. Wow. Right. And those are capitalized. So that's a specific thing, the maid of the witches. Um so any uh yeah Thomas Colley uh was one of the leaders of a mob in 1751 who seized an elderly couple an elderly couple like the castavets are an elderly couple john and ruth osborne from a local workhouse accusing them of witchcraft the mob subjected the pair to dunking at a nearby pond at willstone 
Uh, Ruth was beaten and dragged through the water repeatedly until Kali drowned her by turning her face down with a stick. Uh, John, the husband, survived and testified at Kali's trial. Kali was convicted of murder and hanged in chains at uh, Gubalcott Cross. <laughs> and the uh, the next page... Oh, yeah, we're skipping ahead. Okay. Yeah, Devil's Pepper. Um, uh, the... The thing before Duvernier, uh, Prudence Duvernier, that is a, a name from a uh, play from the 1800s. Uh, Camille. So they're all references to actual real events. Right. Even though the and book is fake. The Camille, um, yeah, so Prudence Duvernoy was, uh, was the, uh, the dressmaker for Marguerite from a play, La Dame aux, aux Camellias. I guess it's a book, The Lady of the Camellias. And it was a, it was a movie in the 50s with uh, Greta Garbo or something. I don't know, maybe earlier than the 50s, I forget. But it was played by Majeska, who was oh, wow. the main so character. Was right. He's like, Majeska was part of the earlier in the film. Prudence Dervignoy was her dressmaker or whatever. I don't know. Maybe it has more significance. But we're moving along. We're we're kind of cranking. Well, we got about a half an hour, so we got to we got to. Okay. Let's try to get through some stuff. This is the one about Adrian Mercado. So this is very important. Yes. Adrian Mercado is. I mean, uh, that is the father of Stephen Mercado, and we're learning this here. Um, uh, Stephen Mercado is a. Uh, is an anagram for Roman Castavet. Right, so she so finds that out. She understands the, the the child in this picture is Roman Castavet as a boy. 1899, and, right? Yes. His so dad is a, into black magic. His dad was the one who was attacked in the lobby of the Dakota, or it's called the Bramford in this. But uh, he was the one who was who was said to have conjured the living devil. Hutch told us about that earlier. So and he was the one, so yeah. So he's the one he that just was had the dead. rumor, but he was the little one. Yeah, right. right. And yeah, we see Stephen Mercado, and then she uh, mixes up the letters and finds Roman Castavet. Right, so that's it. Roman Castavet. Right. Where are we at? 130. So she's unraveling it all, yeah. So she's at one thirty. Then she shows Guy, and then Guy gaslights her again, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, guy no. is like he just won't listen to her. I mean, yeah, no, uh, yeah, honey, you're just full of She's showing him reference. This is look, look at what the truth is. You know, look at her face. She is determined, and he's like, whatever. This is hogwash. This is mumbo jumbo. You know. Yeah, and she's got she's learning about it, so she's got all the terms down. The SBAT is it a correct term for some of these things, right. you know, like that's that's real. Yes, yep. And um, she's explaining to him, and he, she's like, read what they do. They use blood in the rituals. She says, baby's blood is the most important blood they use. These are true things that we're learning from watching this movie if we've never heard of magic before, you know. These are real. That's what the real the real ones who do real this witches thing. do that. Yes. And he's like, give me that book. 
Then he takes it out of her hand. And, uh, and then he puts it on the shelf. This yeah. is like an incredible moment. Like, <laughs> yeah. I noticed this. By, this is one of the things I noticed in my first read through. But... That, I'm glad you did. Like, it's, it's, it's really this like uh, this is important to look at the books. So if you see the first one, so on, if you see yes, I can. The story of Sammy Davis Jr. Okay, so he's hiding the book directly on top of sexual behavior in the human male and the human female by Kinsey, which was, uh, we talked about it in the last show, disgusting person who had disgusting habits, and he worked for Rockefeller to push a uh, ultimately satanic ideal. Ultimately. Yeah. Through, it, through fake science, yeah. It's yes. The, his conclusions were basically with the satanic idea. Yes. And, uh, you know, that's what led to the 60s free love and, you know, that whole that whole thing that they were living through at that moment in 67 or 68 when they were making this film. So he hides it on top of that. So and we, Sammy Davis Jr. So he, what, this right. is the other kind of, so, sorry, you go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. So the uh, Sammy Davis Jr. is, would you like to tell people what Sammy Davis Jr. is? He was a member of the church of Satan. There's pictures of him with like Michael Aquino. Yeah. Uh, he was in like my had devil he was on some like promotion of satan yeah i heard, supposedly renounced but um, he I was heard, in there with christopher lee of all people oh right yeah and christopher lee told know. people don't mess around with black magic yeah. he yeah. told people straight up it's not yeah. what you want to do um and there was you know that seinfeld show comedians getting coffee in cars yes. or whatever mm-hmm. he had um what's his name the guy from the guy from Saturday Night Live, the black comedian. Uh, oh, he was famous. The, 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 um, the one uh, who did... Murphy? Eddie Murphy? Eddie Murphy, right. Thank you. Eddie Murphy was there telling Jerry Seinfeld about the time that he met Sammy Davis Jr. And Sammy Davis Jr. told him, like, was very serious and said, the devil is just as powerful as God. And he was, like, telling Jerry, wow, that was spooky, huh? Ha <laughs> ha. Like they, as they drove around, you know, so like he very much believed in the devil and he was trying to win the others to to the religion by saying it's just as powerful as the light, you know, wow. the darkness. And so, yes. And yes, I can. <laughs> we know that Sammy Davis, or the yes, we can of Obama is. Wow. Is, thank right. you, Satan in reverse and if everybody wants to look that up they can say it into their own microphone and reverse it if you say thank you satan sounds like yes we can in reverse like it's um it's uncanny and so he's thanking yes i can he's thanking satan for this abundant life that he's had you know and then next to this satanist is kinsey who's also satanist and uh, further Mike down, Crowley was interested in Crowley's notebook. Traveled to Crowley's magical, whatever campus, yes. Abbey of Belima. I mean, his satanic. At least that's just one part. And he was had friends with Kenneth Anger, who's still alive. Like so, you had Kinsey was neck deep, man. He was. Yeah, yeah. I got to do a show about Kinsey. Yeah. Really I mean, you, Kinsey. we should. I mean, because that guy's like. I mean, I I, I got to know too much about Kinsey. But yeah. He, That'd be great. Maybe you could be on my show and we could talk about it. Yeah, I'd love to. Anytime. That'd be awesome. Awesome. 
So uh, we also see Listening with the Third Ear, uh, Theodore Reich, 1949. It's uh, an inner experience of a psychoanalyst. He was trained by Freud, and the third ear is a skill of psychoanalyzing, uh, psychoanalysts listening consciously and unconsciously. It's like a method. Yeah. And we also have Western intellectual traditions. Uh, the red one, I think. It's Western intellectual traditions. And uh, so there's there's more. I, I didn't. Yeah. Western intellectual traditions. Uh, Jay Bronkowski. That's the one. The white spine. Uh, we can't and see the black the eastern spine. approach. Eastern approach is the red one. Yes, so eastern it's approach and west. Yeah, exactly. and it's like bringing in the opposite of the western, the opposite of the Jesus stuff. You know, I mean, it's so anyway. So like, you can tell uh, what he's reading, right? So he's not reading these aren't books on Catholicism. Well, that's what she's She was reading. Yes, I can on the couch with the tesseract pillow. She had like a pillow with squares inside squares. And she was interrupted by Minnie, and when she was given that charm, she was reading that book. So, like, her mind is already infected by the satanic culture. So she, and she's a Roman Catholic, so she's the perfect vessel for them. So uh, they're going to Kennedy Airport, Pan Am. Pan is, you know, Pan, God Pan. Uh, and uh let's see so key guy takes it and puts the book in the garbage right yeah so she's looking for it like I I know about this stuff. Yeah. what a bastard yeah he um so she's looking for the book and oh he threw it in the garbage and she's holding the the ones the kinsey ones as he says put right. it in the garbage <laughs> i uh put it in the garbage it'd be great if she would put those in the garbage yeah. anyway Interesting. Um, I mean, it's really there. She's holding on to the Kinsey books. Right. Like somebody did that intentionally. Yes. And that's like her right hand is on them. Like that's the will of the person. Like, and she, there's obvious, like, um, you know, uh, trouble in her eyes, you know. Uh, right. It's upsetting her. That book is upsetting her because she's the feminine. She is the. You know, like like we said earlier, the psyche of of the people, and those books, you know, are upsetting her. You know, like her face, she's touching those books. But he says, "Oh, I didn't want that other book to upset you, so I threw it away." So right. he's occulting right. information. Right, he's occulting. Very well said. Yeah, yeah. true. And she, uh, this is a real scene. She was wearing the the baby um, thing, like. Roman Polanski was holding a handheld camera and he told her to walk out in traffic and he said, don't worry, no one's going to hit a pregnant woman. And he filmed it himself, <laughs> put her into danger. So this wow. is like horns really honking. This is real traffic. Wow. Amazing. So she and, chucks the charm away, right? Yep. She throws away. She no longer wants to be under the control of the cast events. She is changing her will to be free. So this is Witchcraft by Stella Loudon. I doubt that real name really exists. I don't but think it's a real name. Yeah. That charm right there in the middle really exists because that comes from Elvis Levy. Yes. That's that's a no-no. Right. So this this book has real information. 
And uh, so she goes and she's thirsting for real information. She gets her own new books about witchcraft and she's opening these books. And at 3718, we can see uh, the coven has, uh, has the force of the whole coven could blind, deafen, paralyze, and ultimately kill the chosen victim. The united mental force is sometimes called a coven. When they unite their mental force, it's also called a mastermind. When they work all together and they do the ritual and they all imagine the right thing in unison with each other and it like, uh, you know, it converges the will of everybody together to be more powerful. So it also says that that if they attain, obtain a personal possession of the victim, is sometimes necessary to do these type of rituals. And she's like, huh? Because she re remembers that one of the gloves was stolen from Hutch. So she's piecing this together in her mind. Uh, and uh, she's calling to ask if the guy's tie was stolen, the gentleman who was blinded. And she learns that Donald Bumgarner had traded ties. So she's like, oh. So she is confirming that guy is working with them. So she's out of there. She's like, packed yeah. her bag. Um, oh, good for her. Yeah. So she's going. Takes the and, elevator, right? She takes the elevator, which is, the, like we said, a satanic symbol. And the red light turns on above her. And, uh, we can skip past all that. And then, so she, oh, yeah, there's the red light. And anyway, uh, this is important. She gets to Saperstein's office, and then you have yeah. another very potent, potent, you know, phrase or statement. Not yes, I can, but is God dead? Yes. Is God dead? So this is a real magazine, Time Magazine, April 8th, 1966. Is God dead? It's the first time the magazine. Uh, had ever used just type on its cover without an associated photograph. The story, wow. which uh, which can the story in you know contained within, which concluded that religion was dead, included the opinions of Christian theologians, including Gabriel Vahanian, whose book The Death of God helped spark the radical movement. So that was a there was a movement. Death of God theology refers to a range of ideas by various theologians and philosophers that try to account for the rise of secularity and abandonment of traditional beliefs in God. They posit that God has ceased to exist. Uh, Friedrich Nietzsche used the phrase God is dead to reflect increasing unbelief in God. The concept rose to prominence in the late 1950s and 60s before waning again. So that's right at the time that this film was being created. Uh, the death of God movement is sometimes technically referred to as theothanatology, derived from the Greek theos, God, and thanatos, death. And the book uh, was The Death of God, 1961, by Gabriel uh, Vahanian, V-A-H-A-N-I-A-N, um, a part of the discussion of the death of God theology uh, during the period, 
the book describes that many people in this era, the new aeon, you know, right. regarded uh, the Christian God to be irrelevant to their situation. He describes that, that Christianity and particularly, particularly theism was not resonating with people. The book describes the process of secularization, namely how society has steadily removed God from its institutions. Vahanian contends that the apparent religiosity of the 1950s obscures many from recognizing this process. But the 60s and the satanic zeitgeist was trying to tear away the veil of the 1950s religiosity so that people could start to see that uh, we have become less focused on God in our institutions of culture. Um, and this, uh, this is a famous issue. And it was, uh, you know, it was on the shelf during the time that this movie was being was in the theaters. Uh, so it's all it part of the cycle. Yes. Yeah. So then she goes to Hill, right? So she's gearing up to go to another doctor like her friends told her, right? Yeah, she learns that Saperstein smells of tannis root <clears throat> by the lady at the desk. And uh, she's like, what? So she thinks, oh, no, Saperstein's one of them. So she takes off, and she tries to go and call Dr. Hill. And she's That's calling she frantically uh, from Fulmuth, and she says that, all of them are witches. Yeah, so she's telling Dr. Hill right now that everything. You could hear them singing. They want my baby. Right. You know, please help me. And he's like, oh, okay. And he's listening. And he takes the books, you know. And then she says Dr. Saperstein's name. And he says, Abe Saperstein? And then he says, wait here. And then he calls Abe Saperstein to come get her. And the husband, right? So guys, the husband there. Yep. And you see that Abe is the leader. Husband's just following behind, like, you know, like, totally not in control. Yeah. And we're going to tell you and send you a new mental institution. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They threaten that, which is very scary for women. And I mean, they would, they would scoop out like hysterectomy because they thought that it made women hysteric. Like, take out all their reproductive organs. Like, they would, if you don't consent, then they would tie you down. Mental hospital is the worst nightmare of anybody. Like, nobody believes you, and they're going to tie you down and torture you if you don't shut up and be, you know. So anyway, they have snuck in her apartment. She's trying to, uh, I forget who she's calling, but anyway, she locked out them. Uh, she got away from Saperstein. She ran up into her apartment. And now they're in her apartment, sneaking behind her. So she's totally under their control, no matter what she does. Now they have a needle. <laughs> At, uh, one hour, 57 minutes exactly. We're your friends, Rosemary, as they bring a needle. Right. And people can imagine... Uh, you know what I was trying to get at by taking that photo screenshot then right there. Then it's like we are in labor. Yep. Oh, not, all of her. Not stress. you. We are. Yep. We exactly. 
and he grabs that like the bump of her belly and like he owns that thing taking control and she cries and she says forgive me little bobby or jenny or whatever and um her face is in darkness as they take her you know and then he says to her after she she did hear she woke up and then went back to sleep but the first time she woke up a guy told her it's a boy and she's like oh great and she went back to sleep and now Saberstein's telling her there were compl complications the baby's dead and she's like oh but the cult basically stole the baby and it goes along with what she already thought they wanted the baby for the blood you know she Wait, still doesn't she thinks recognize. that they're they're gonna sacrifice her and put a child yes yes because they're an evil witch coven and that's all that she can imagine really because she isn't piecing together that that thing that raped her wasn't guy she still thought she still thinks it's guy's baby uh, so anyway she's angry about it and There's then tons of drugs so like another needle appears drug, drug themes in this like well, right she's not taking you. her meds and yeah then, and they they give her another injection uh, more to, guy gaslighting and lying to her yeah he tells her she's crazy <laughs> yeah and uh so let's see yeah so part pre-partum crazies he says so don't worry you were just crazy we'll be fine and then he talks about how his career is going to be great you know we'll have a big pool and all this bullshit Right. He's, he's telling her about the future now. We're going to come back from this. Yeah. And then she hears baby crying, right? And yeah. they're getting her breast milk. Yeah, they're taking her breast milk. And she puts the spoon in the milk. And she's like, you know, the uh, the woman's like, oh, no, don't, don't do that. She's like, hmm. You know, I'm wondering why they want to keep that. Why are they? What are you doing with the breast milk? Oh, we just throw it away. <laughs> right. And, and so, so it's now, a closet. That's how they're getting in, too, is through the closet, right? Right. That's why it was blocked up by the old lady before. And so she's peeking through and she's seeing this coven. Right. And so she's uh, in, she gets in, and then there's the burning cathedral. Like they love the church. church yes. Down. Yes. Burning cathedral painting. And I think it might be. In 1666, there was a big cathedral in London, which yeah, burned St. Paul. famous London fire, yeah. St. Paul, yeah. And uh, so, and the next one uh, is uh, called The Spell by Francisco Goya. It was painted in 1797-98. Right there, that's The Spell. And if you can, you can see... It's a gaggle of witches that are trying to grab a virginal boy or young man in a white frock. And they've got a basket full of babies. On the head of the, the witch with the babies is an owl, like with, with wings extended. Um, if you show the photograph, I mean, I sent you a PDF of this uh, so we can get a closer, a, a full view of this painting. Um, it's a witch's coven that is stealing babies and um, they're consorting with demons. You see above the head um, is a demon pointing with a bone at her, right. uh, at her book that she's singing a hymn from and she's got a candle lit 
And then the next witch over has uh, like two points on her hat and she's got like bats or something holding up the two points. And she's got like a, what looks to be like a small kit cat or something that's, that has no fur. Like they're going to sacrifice this animal too. And um, they're reaching out to grab this young boy who's like praying that they don't hurt him, hurt him, you know? And there's like bats and owls and this, it's night. It's very uh, dark ominous. moon, right? There's a half half moon or whatever. Right. Oh yeah. So it really adds to these. When she said earlier, oh, they took their paintings down off the walls. These are the paintings that they took down. This one and the burning cathedral, and also Adrian Marcado uh, was. A oh, so they took the book. They took them down for the party, right? Yes. Yes. When they when they invited them over to talk to them uh, for the first night, when they had them, they were talking about, oh, the Pope's not so holy, blah, blah, blah. Okay, so she enters the room, <laughs> knife drawn. They're all having this party. And they're normal-looking people. They're normal, uh, you know, middle-aged to older people that are just having a fancy little party. And there's a black-cloaked crib with an upside-down cross over by the window at the far end of the room. And we see Guy is there to the right, and he's chatting it up with Minnie or somebody. And um, uh, The guy the, on the far right is the guy who made the side of silence on the New Year's Eve party. So right. he's back. Yep. So it's all the same people as the New Year's Eve party. And uh, she goes further into the room. Let's do this. So, uh, yeah, they had a. So behind them is Adrian Marcato painting. We see Guy's face. He's like, ugh, okay, I got to go take care of this. Like, she's got a knife. Like, I got to control her, right? And um, uh, let's see. She gives a present. So there's a celebratory thing yeah, going on. Right. It's like a shower, like uh, for the baby. And so. You know, we see Adrian Mercado painting above the fireplace, and then she's reaching into the crib. She is wants to see. Yep, there's and then beneath they have the um, the clawfoot winged feminine character that looks like Lilith on the corners of the on the mantelpiece of the one if you see mantelpiece um, below the mantel, and above is Adrian Mercado. A portrait of the guy uh and at the ritual there was adrian in her dream adrian marcato was there too we'll recognize him from the painting but we don't need to go back to that whatever um so she's reaching in the crib and then she sees it i don't know if you want to show those ones you know she it doesn't care about them anymore and she's drawn to that baby she wants to see that's her baby you know, overcome with the motherly instincts. She sees what it is, and she is afraid. And she asks, what have you done to it? Uh, its eyes. And then um, Stephen Marcato, Roman Cassavet, uh, replies to her. And he says he has his father's eyes. And she is protesting, and she says, Guy's eyes aren't like that. 
<laughs> and Guy is over in the corner covering up his eyes, uh, ashamed at what he's done to her. Yeah, there's Roman and Minnie. Minnie looks at her like, mm, here's the truth, you know. There's the Asian behind them who's going to take pictures like, like a tourist, you know. And there's Guy hiding his eyes, you know. It wasn't him who impregnated her. She's learning that now. Um, uh, and these people are very normal-looking people. And that's what they want to show you, that satanic covens are normal people. They are, you know, regular, they are in your society. Uh, and this is... Roman is explaining to her, he came up from hell and begat a son of a mortal woman. Satan is his father, not Guy. <laughs> and Minnie is trying to console her. He chose you out of all the women in the world. He chose you to be the mother of his son. Like it's an honor. Uh, and then everybody says, hail Satan. She's, it's just like a nightmare. She's like... Did you get the feeling that this group? Sorry, I was on mute. No, Do you get the feeling that this group um, has kind of a diverse element? Because like you have yes. one kind of, because you know, like an Asian guy, an Aryan-looking guy, like yeah, and she's almost said, like a global element too. Exactly, and she said the covens. They have the covens in Australia, in Europe, and here. You know, and of course, New York would be the place. You know, it's yeah, a worldly so city. And uh, that's it. It can't be, she says. God is dead. So you're going back to, is God dead, right? So you right. have him maintaining that theme from the Time Magazine article to this statement at the end. Right. Which is the zeitgeist that happened to, to clear away the 50s and to cut away the old era, the new aeon of the satanic is year one 1966 right, the year is one and he's like exclaiming the year is one and that's like their their new calendar is not built on jesus new calendar is built on this the mortal son of satan not the most right, but the you know the incarnated human son of satan the opposite right, of jesus. So it's the opposite the antichrist right so right. it's the opposite of christ it's not our time based upon jesus and something else right and, and the uh, satanic church uh they set their year year one at 1966 also right so, so right. when they date their stuff it's like they call it the the year of the light or something i forget um but anyway 1966 is when the, the official church of satan sets their their calendar at and he's He's wooing her to be the mother of her baby, to use her um, natural maternal instincts against her, to enslave her. And that is what the, the victims of SRA are held captive in the cult for longer if they're impregnated and uh, because then they want to stay alive to save their kid instead of just killing themselves and just being free um they they stay to save the kid and then they follow orders to keep the kid safe um she spits in his face rightly that's 
because the truth is revealed. And, uh, and he's like, oh, we're going to be fine. We'll have plenty of kids. You weren't Thanks hurt. So. They said they weren't going to hurt you, so don't be mad. <laughs> we get so much in return, you think, is the other one. Yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to have a pool in Hollywood. <clears throat> yeah, and... Uh, so they're trying to, you know, the older woman is mad that she is taking over the motherly role. She's like, get out of here, you know. And then she says, you're trying to get at, get me to be his mother. And he's like, aren't you his mother? And she goes and she continues to rock him. She rocks him properly and the baby stops crying. And the motherly instinct overcomes the horror of the evil and they all watch happily as the mother of satan uh chooses willingly to raise that baby so they finally get her um her will aligned with theirs and now she is willing to be the mother of satan <laughs> yeah and that's like mother of the child of Satan, right? Yeah. Right. And that's kind of like, you know, every mother will love their baby. Even if they want to abort the baby, they're still going to love it. Even if it's like, you know, um, deformed or whatever, there's a maternal instinct and they're using it against her. <laughs> and that's what they do. That's how they work their magic, you know? And so she is. She wouldn't want to have done it before, but then once the baby's born, it's like, well, that's my baby. Exactly. Right. She was trying to save her baby and keep it herself, but she lost. She lost it. She did not have this the strength uh, to defeat wow. that. Yeah, it's excellent. Uh, excellent work. It's. I mean, there's amazing stuff in that movie. There's no question about it. No question at all. We are at the two-hour mark. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing this, oh, this well. movie and all that stuff. Where can people uh, listen to your show? It's Wake the Dead, right? right? Yes, yes, Wake the Dead. Uh, you can find me at all the podcasting places, uh, Spotify, Google, Apple, um, under Wake the Dead. And uh, I'm on um, Odyssey, BitChute, Rumble, um, and you can find me at onegreatworknetwork.com. And I'm under the creator section. And there I post all of my stuff that I've have recently posted, all the videos and audio. You can find it all there. So one and thank you for work. Yeah. Onegreatworknetwork.com. One great work. Wake the Dead podcast. So I'll put those links in the show notes. So we made it through this whole thing. They... Ira Levin was very smart. I have to read the book now because yeah. I want to see how uh, yeah. true to the book, you know, because I would read. Like... Yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I've read some other books. Like I know Fight Club, they veered off. Mm -hmm. Clockwork Orange, the different, the endings were different. I've, I've heard interview with Ira Levin saying that they were very, they stuck to the book. Wow. Even the colors that he described in the book, they put on the film. Wow. So, um, there were only a couple things that were different, but he was very pleased with how true to the book that it was. And that's not always the same. A lot of these authors, right. sometimes they just feel like people were really dishonest to them or they change things. And I know yeah. Kubrick changed all the film, 
right. the books that he'd had based on film The Shining and things like that. Dude, right. Totally, it. he had a contempt for narrative, as you know, he didn't. He, he was making a visual thing. You know, Kubrick was great. But yeah. yeah, the um, the uh, I'm glad that we got to to speak about that, and um, this has been you know very fun for me. Very and cool. Me too. The more I look at it, the more I learn. You know. And, you learn, but I think that the subtext is that they're not just giving the that's the whole subtext of the whole thing. Guys in on it from the beginning, in my opinion. Yes. But that they're it's not just the birth of the Antichrist or the child. That's why you almost don't even ever see the child. Right. Just, well they you it's kind of like the Jaws approach where it's even in your own mind it's worse exactly. than actually seeing something. Exactly. But they, it's also allows you to kind of possibly see it at a different level. Which is the birth of year zero, the birth of the satanic yes. God is dead worldview. Yes, exactly that. Yeah. The new aeon of Satanism. Yeah. And that's what Crowley said. Like, I think when Crowley said, When is your birth of the child going to take place? 1960s, Leary said basically the same thing. Right. You know, I wish Crowley could be here to see the, the glories he created. I right. feel like Leary said he was here. continuing the work of, yeah. of Crowley. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Crowley had. He ran a, a ragtime band, you know, uh, he, and he would have musical shows and stuff like, um, and his whole idea. Yeah, the rights of Eleusis. He did the ragtime band that went to Russia. Yeah, so, yeah. right. Cultural so creation, like very much musical so. performance was part of it. And they, you know, and the, um, uh, there, there was, it was, it was an extension of that, like you said, um, and like, uh, Crowley, was luciferian you know he in the common parlance of the term luciferian like as like a satanic type luciferian um and he's opposing the christian ideals like what he was pushing was fighting like he wrote in the book of the law that horus was going to peck out the eyes of jesus you know like um like to fight the the current christian uh zeitgeist or whatever and that's right. really what the 60s did is like it, it washed all that away and then with their you know <clears throat> their, their uh hallucinogens it like clear wiped their minds clean with the psychic driving and you know what i mean it's like uh you and cameron on mass to right. everybody throw, throw in some kinsey or just you know, yeah. everything's permitted nothing is true yeah. Although everybody's gay. That's basically what Kinsey <laughs> said. Like everybody's gay. The yeah. Statistics, real statistics are very there's and very if you, small if you amounts at, of people are actually if you look at SRA victims, they talk about how when they're in the cult, they're made to dress and act as the opposite sex. Like if you read Kurth Barker in uh, his book um, uh, Blood Drinking Cannibalism and High Occult Satanism. He describes how when he was a child, he was made to dress up like a girl. He had a girl's name uh, in the pornography. He would have to be dressed like a girl. And then in regular life, he was a boy again. It was like Kathy and Kurth. Like it was, that's what they do to the kids to like mess with their heads. So this whole transgenderism thing. It's Satanism. It's part of it. yeah, Yes. It's and it's made to like break down our self ness like so that we're part of the collective and, you know and then we give up it's, our humanity you know yeah it's totally evil yes it's totally evil like Very just much. just to talk like what gender you are or what 
where are you yeah. with some scales and off. people like people like the president are like complaining that oh if you get rid of roe versus wade then then the uh transgender kids might be kicked out of public school <laughs> there is no transgender kids but that's the language they use like there's little boys and little girls and you know and there's child abuse right and uh it's just it's great that uh that they, used can... to, they used to they used to arrest people who talked to kids about sex they should, they should. be arrested yeah they should be I immediately mean, arrested and charged yeah i, I mean i yeah i mean at least at least people should keep their kids away from it teach their kids no, like stranger danger you know that whole yeah. thing like it really is important and I've for people stuff to, in this country that i never thought i'd ever see yeah. in my life like this is astonishing just yeah, brutal propaganda the, transgenderism do you know i did a show with uh, roberta glass and she said that all those dudes who say they're transgender 90 percent of them have not undergone surgery so there really aren't, they're mm. not actually haven't changed their gender. They're just wearing a dress and lipstick and they're saying, I'm a new, I'm a woman. You're not a woman. Yeah. But it's You're like, not, I want, it's proof. like, it's yeah, like no Baphomet though. You know, like it's got boobs, but it's still got the phallus. Right. You know, I think because the phallus is a powerful symbol for them, uh, some of them chop it off. Like, yeah, know. some do. I mean, I it's, think all of that stuff yeah. is a huge, it's you, they've gotten into people's minds that this is kind of yeah. a way to happiness. And yeah. it's, it's a, it's a virus. It's worse than AIDS. Like those much. people, women who cut like that you're questioning itself is very Luciferian that you can change as Luciferian. It's against God's plan. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like we're There's given no this talking about a gift, you know, yeah. why chop it up? You know, it's like, mm -hmm. and, and then if you look at the ancient occult, like the Inanna and Ishtar, their uh, their high priests, the male priests would cut it off, everything, like the whole package, and then uh, would dress up as women and dance. They were called Gali, Gali, and like Jesus was from Galilee, like it, you know, and he wore long hair like them, or like the common idea of what it was. But I guess he didn't actually have long hair. But anyway, it's very common. Yeah, but I don't want to get into that. Me. Let's do a show on Kinsey. Have me on. I'll, I'll talk to yeah, you. Yeah, that'd be that'll wonderful. be pretty graphic. Right. <laughs> That's we'll a schedule that. That'd be wonderful. But Thank you. There's a lot more research there. As Judith Reisman, I think, wrote a book about him and how he actually died. Like, well, he would yeah. he would delegitimize anything he wrote outside of. Do you want to tell well, the, the listeners how he died? It's funny. <laughs> well, you can read it. My book. What's it Reisman? How do you spell it again? Judith R Reisman. It's R E I S M A N. Okay. But, uh, it's pretty graphic how we how we went went out. I think it was actually altogether fitting and proper way for him to go. <laughs> yeah, he was sick, and he you know, he and he was trying to use science to explain away his own sickness, and then he would, you know, put that his his own crazy onto others and be like. When was the first time you had relations with a goat? Not like, do you ever? Right. It's assuming they do, you know, and well, that kind yeah. of questioning like helps to the evil stuff spill out. And they say that his his pool of of people that he talked to was skewed. It wasn't. Uh, yeah. It wasn't just criminals the and the insane. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then he, he said that was the normal human male. That was the yeah. psyche of the human Perfect. mind. No. 
Oh no, there's yeah. all kinds of problems. Like if you do scientific research and science in scientific process, and you can apply this to vaccines as well as let everybody look at your research, and <laughs> yeah. you have to have a, a third party review. And he didn't. He never allowed that. So that can tell oh. a lot about what he was up to. Yeah, and the the Kinsey people are still not releasing the notes of like who gave him all those pedophile notes and the rapist they because they were protecting him from arrest still to this yeah, day been arrest, yeah. they had they did experiments on infants like they were they were yeah. sick, they, sick. Were sick. They, were sick. they would go on like 12 months old would they would abuse the child for 24 hours straight i mean they, and then torture. they would they say the a... screaming sound means the kid likes it <laughs> it's so sick yeah. Yeah, that anyway. is, yeah. yeah, that would be a very sick anyway, episode. There's, there's a lot of material there on Kinsey. I got tons of pictures too. That's like great. Him, that him be. at uh, the Abbey of Thelema, Crowley. There's a lot of stuff. I think uh, the other documentary was by Chris Pinto. I can't remember the name of it, but it has it has the video that Kinsey or somebody at the institute took of Kenneth Anger doing the experiments. Really? Kenneth Anger's story is really crazy, man. That's another one. Yeah, that that's a whole We could do a show on him too. Yeah. he was everywhere, man. He was cruel. Yeah, and Martin he wrote the Kiana, the Hollywood yeah. Babylon books. Hollywood Babylon. You know? Hi. <laughs> Sorry, that's my son. <laughs> all the way up to uh, all the way up to like oh god, what is it? Franco, James Franco. So it, he, oh yeah, all the way up. So they did a show yeah, called. That, that, Dude is old days. Room. Yeah, love in the old days. Go check out love in the old days. It's totally cool. I'll let you go. Sean no, that's fine. Thank you so much for your time. Hey, I love you. Thank you so much right, for having guys. me, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you yeah, again. Let's do it again. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. All right. All right. So stay there. All right.